When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to the Oh What Night podcast, part of the 90 Minute Podcast Network with Misha Walsh. And today I'm joined by Jude Summerfield. How you doing, mate? Uh, all good, man. Yeah, it's been a crazy day so far. And um, it's about to get even crazier <laughs> in the next 40 minutes. Am I right, mate? <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, we're recording this um, a few hours after it's emerged that the UK government will be taking sanctions against Ron Rich, which includes Chelsea Football Club and... You know, by the time this pod comes out, it'll be old news by then. But it's, you know, this is something that I think all Spurs fans are enjoying. That, you know, this this is this is exactly the kind of comeuppance that Chelsea were going to get for all these years of his ownership. That this was always, and it has been funny just watching their fans kind of back to it like it's not I, I don't know about you Jude but I'm seeing some of the reactions on Twitter and it's like even defending the club anymore they're defending Roman Abramovich the person which is just absolutely bonkers it's odd it's been in the post for a while hasn't it and um, mm. this is sort of the part of football fandom that I don't really understand it's like you can support a club but that doesn't mean you just have to blindly go along with owners and what they do and how they get their money and all that I've, I've always found it a little strange and you know when when they start harking on about um you know this punishing you know sanctions being brought in and punishing the the uh the fans or whatever it's like well you have to know who you're getting in bed with to start with don't you and you have to do your research and understand that these things might happen if you know it's, it's the club you decide to to support and you know people aren't digging out Chelsea fans it's it's the fact that they're blindly putting their faith in um and, and defending these sort of people which is which is the bad thing you can you can support players and then you can you can be critical mm. of an overarching structure can't you so it's it's been a weird one but yeah like you say it's been in you know it's it's been coming for a while and um it's hardly shocking news is it you know yeah and you mentioned that the fans, I do hope that should, you know, it's not just limited to like owners, whatever you said, it's about players and stuff, like depending on their actions. But you do hope that if there were some kind of like head spinning situation that would happen with our club, that we wouldn't lose sight of kind of the real issues and the bigger picture and stuff. So, yeah, the, it, it, yeah so this is, yeah. But, but I guess the main thing is, Screw Chelsea. 
<laughs> bottom line yeah and twitter's a weird little microcosm anyway so you're not going to get yeah, a whole picture true, yeah. of everything very so true, i'm yeah. sure there are people out there who are critical um and taking a level-headed stance but if you're yeah. just online that's all you're going to see isn't it it's going to be <laughs> yeah you know, yeah um what sort of accounts are they you know like chelsea till i die and people like that will be in your mm. mentions and they'll be upset mm. with what you said but you know there are other people out there so it's not all they're not all singing from that same sheet you'd hope yeah. anyway but yeah. yeah. But anyway, okay, let's go back to Spurs because again, we you know, we haven't been put in about a week and a half, 10 days. And in that time, we have we were eliminated from the FA Cup last week, right? I'm losing track of, I'm really losing track of time with some of these I fixtures. I think it was, yeah. I, I it must have been Tuesday last week. Yeah, between between the Le- after we recorded after the Leeds game and before the Borough game. Yes. So yes. And we weren't so, so keen yeah. to get into the bar. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you, you know, after that Leeds, we were like, oh, you never know, go on a run now. We go to the FA Cup, you don't know. <laughs> and then, yeah, that happens. But look, I think everyone, that was 10 days ago-ish. I think everyone's done it to death, what that means for Spurs and the season and Conte and Kane or whatever. So we're going to move on to the Everton game, which was much more fun, wasn't it, Jude? It was a lot more fun. It was a ridiculous game, man. I was... um. Was lucky enough. You were there, be, weren't you? Yeah. Yeah, was lucky enough enough to be uh to be at the ground to watch it. Um, and it was it was a it was an odd one, man, because they um I don't think they started the game particularly well in that first 10, 15 minutes. They were a bit sluggish and they were allowing Everton to have a little more of the ball and allowing them to get some rhythm going. But but I think when the first goal went in, there was there was a monumental collapse just both tactically and psychologically from, from Everton, which really just opened everything up for Spurs. And some of the defending, it has to be said, was absolutely shocking from Everton. Like It was dreadful, yeah. Yeah, and you, I'm sure you would have seen like comments from people saying this is a, a championship back four and all that. And they're really, they're not that far off. It's It's really, really poor. I mean... Michael Keane and Mason Holgate at, at the back just didn't fancy running with Harry Kane. And you're thinking like, Harry Kane's not a hundred meter sprinter. He's gassing these two fellas. He's getting clear of them way too easily here. Um, but what's good is that Spurs, they, they found their clinical edge during that game and put together some really nice patterns of play with some good individual performances and came out worthy 5-0 winners. Where did Where did you watch it? I was at home. Um, I was I had a long day. I can't remember what I was doing. I, had, I remember having a really long day. I was just like, mm. I could really do without some real kind of Spurs nonsense here. And I was I was I was expecting it to be like a kind of high scoring game, not necessarily just from us, but from Everton as well, because you know these are two sides that haven't really showcased the best of their defensive assets in recent weeks, months, years, decades, whatever. <laughs> um, but I think. You said you said they're like Everton. They weren't they weren't horrendous for the first ten minutes. So you know, good for them. Good for Frank Lampard. Baby steps, steps, yeah. He's <laughs> in this job, you know. But but it, I just while while we will talk about Chelsea, let's stick with battering a Chelsea legend because I do I do think that for as good as we were, and we will get into how good we were and how good the players were and all that. Everton was shocking. And that starts at the top because Lampard, for whatever reason, must have thought, looking at our previous games, like the, the method to kind of beat us, 
he must have thought that he could be on some kind of same level as Hartland to on Southampton in that, okay, we're going to press high, we're going to try and dominate Spurs, we're going to try and suffocate them. You do not have the facilities for that big man. And <laughs> I th- You're not that guy, <laughs> I think, man. But you are not that guy, pal. You're not that guy. But, but the, the, it did feel like the, the clear blueprint to beating Spurs for most teams is if you sit deep and you try and just make life difficult for them, then you will p- be able to pick them apart. Mm-hmm. And you can really kind of frustrate them. And it was, you know, if Everton had scored early, then the atmosphere could have been really sour. It could have been really one of those long, long nights. And that's just not what happened. And it didn't ever feel like at any point that Lampard was going to try and reverse that process. So every single time it, that we went forward, like we just felt like we're going to score here. Like it felt a bit like pandemic football when there's like no crowd, there's no kind of sense of this kind of jeopardy that you're in like mm. Everton just did not take any warning to how easy it was for us to spice them apart and they're in real trouble so but yeah they're, this such, is a, um, they're such a physically weak team as well it's ridiculous mm. like um I feel a bit sorry for Seamus Coleman at, at right back his days are just <laughs> as a top right back are just done like he doesn't have the the pace or the physicality anymore John Joe Kenny playing for a team like Everton just seems wild like they literally signed uh, I suppose Mikalenko's maybe his, his head's a little elsewhere at the moment but he came, he came on for a bit though he came on for a bit off the bench but he like John Joe Kenny can't be starting for Everton it's ridiculous <laughs> that's, that's that's a good foot that's a good football club and they should have better players than that really um and then like even up front you know Richarlison's a good player and Anthony Gordon's nippy but they're just so weak and like it seemed like Spurs were just getting to every second ball and that was the thing, what you mentioned there about Spurs just having space whenever they got on the ball out wide, which is where that's how Conte likes to play. And that's how we're going to score goals. If teams give us space, we're going to go out wide. And that's that's how it happened. But it, it was so it was so strange that it was happening there and straight through the middle as well. Like mm. Doherty coming into like a right <laughs> center attacking. I was literally thinking of that when you and said spli- that. Yeah. yeah, and splicing them open with one pass, and Kane gets a free run from the halfway line. It's absolutely bonkers. And yeah, if if any homework had been done before that before that game from the Everton side, they surely would have looked at the blueprints that Southampton and uh, and Wolves put down, where they just they suffocated Spurs and sat deep and got their goals at the right moments. It was, Mm. it was a very, very weird um, approach from them. And once like the second and third went in, there was, there was no, yeah, there was no jeopardy and no worry about the result going uh, any other way, which is good because to be honest, going into that game, I think a lot of Spurs fans were a bit worried because Conte had said a few sort of weird things in the build up, like, uh, as he tends to, as he tends to, yeah, as we've become used to now, um, you know, stuff about him deserving to be at a club where he can win trophies and talking about Delhi, about how players drop off when they leave his management and stuff like that. It was it was a bit of a weird one. Um, but yeah, just good to get the goal difference up as well because we were teetering. <laughs> yeah. If you yeah. remember the, uh, what, what season? I think it was 14, 15 or maybe the one before where we were teetering like mm. each week. <laughs> we yeah. were like two, one, yeah. two out of three weeks and then go lose three nil somewhere and go back down to minus. Um, yeah. So yeah, very, a very good win. A very good win. Yeah. 
Yeah. Let's 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 go let's go goal by goal because it's not often that we score five and are able to indulge in it like this. So the first one was a nice little bit of play with Session and the underlapping Ben Davis on the wing. Session puts in a good ball. Unfortunately, he won't get an official assist. He'll get like, you know, a nice fantasy Premier League assist, but yep. I'm sure he don't really care. I'm sure that, that makes no difference to his contract or anything. Um but yeah, Kane just forces Keane into a horrendous error. Sticks it right in the top corner so much that I thought it actually thought that, yeah. went wide and hit the stanchion. Yeah, I didn't think it went in. I was, I was, kind, of, I was kind of like, well, that was close. Oh, no, oh, no, it went, it went in. All right. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, so you see, it's, cause it's, I know that he came off injured at half time, and I think Conte might be speaking now, so we might be able to get an update on what um, the latest on him is. But it was it's nice to see Session getting a run of the team. You know, I think they said before the game, five successive Prem starts. That's his longest run as a Spurs player. It doesn't, because it, when Conte came in, it felt like you had the idea of Ryan Session at left wing back, but it did feel like we'd hardly ever seen this guy. Mm. Yeah, he just, for whatever reason, like uh, the chances that he got, he um, he messed them up a little bit. So I think we've talked about Conference League when he, gets sent, when he got sent off and that was a little bit disappointing. And then, he got hooked in one of the games, didn't he? Because we went behind. And yeah, the Wolves game recently. Yeah, and he had to come off, which was a bit sad for him. But that Everton game was perfect because he he just had all the space in the world. He had Ben Davis bringing the ball forward. Um, and then Son, obviously, on his side as well. So uh, Coleman just had all sorts of issues picking up runners. And the ball across goal was... I mean, I know he won't get an assist for it, but it was just in the perfect area for... Mm for something to happen. It's um, it's one of those where it's like if if the striker was good enough to be making that run, then you putting that ball into that area is going to be rewarded somehow. Yeah. And it's nice yeah. that it, it's obviously it paid off this time so it's nice that you get that kind of little bit of luck that you maybe deserve. Yeah, exactly. It was a, it was a danger ball in and I mean it did get the finish it deserved just not from the um <laughs> yeah, it's not from the player we thought it would uh, <laughs> it would go enough. But um but then, yeah, and then that one, that one went in, and then Sony scored about three minutes later from some mm. really nice play down the right. Um, Kulisevsky involved again with his little poke through, and it was a nice finish from from Sony. But at the same time, it was a it was a pretty glaring mistake from Jordan Pickford to let it squirm mm. under his body, wasn't it? It wasn't. Yeah. He got- I guess Sonko made amends for because he missed the ch- I think he missed the chance of nil nil, didn't he? Like he was thrown mm. goal and he just yeah. kind of dawdled. Like he uncharacteristically he felt like very, you know, when Son first came and you just would not trust him in a one-on-one situation. Mm. Whereas now it's kind of it's the complete opposite. I would bank my life on him scoring a chance like that. Mm. And he just kind of dawdled and dawdled, and I was kind of like, uh, please don't have one of these games. But he did <laughs> score this. And this f- so for Son, this made him the outright highest score in the Prem this season that doesn't play for Liverpool. So <laughs> that's good. That's that's quite quite under the radar. Cause I know a lot of people like kind of get on him that like he's not he's not like the kind of all action pacey winger who's going to beat a few men that he was anymore, but at least he is still really, really productive. And I think the well the hope is that he doesn't at least lose that part of his game as he ages. But as well, um this was the first of two assists for Kulusevsky. Yeah. Who I thought was utterly unbelievable. I thought I I'm buying all my Kulusevsky stocks now. I really <laughs> think that I really think that I think when he first joined and you know he came on in that Brighton game, 
and he didn't he looked it was hard to come into that game he looked really off the pace he looked really slow and it was kind of like you know you've seen Diaz went to Liverpool and it's kind of like he's like the opposite he's like just super quick he's just he's speedy as hell and then you look at this guy and it's like uh this is going to be like a proper Serie A signing but he's coming into the team and Bentacore came back into the team as well and I yeah. think just their level their technical level just is so important when you look at some of our defeats recently where you just think why the hell can't Spurs even control a ball or pass a ball yeah and it's just now you think it's so valuable having these players who can at least do that and uh, Kulazevsky I think our good friend at 90 Min, Jack Gallagher, said a lot about, you know, he's a confidence player. He needs to just kind of have this good wave going. And I think it's it's really good that he's come in. He seems to have really settled into the squad. And whenever he has played, he's been really good. Yeah, it's such a it's such a difference between Kulisevsky and Ben Tanker um, in comparison to like Winks and Lucas, who just Kulisevsky's like the opposite of Lucas, isn't he? Like he really the is. Opposite. Yeah, he's 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 much more comfortable on the ball. I, I suppose Lucas is comfortable on the ball, but he just does too much and ends up losing yeah, it when he yeah. doesn't. He need just to. knows his limits. Yeah, exactly. And um, Kulisevsky just uh, he just knows when to when to release the ball. Um, and he, he's just he just seems like a perfect foil for for Son and Kane, which is so good because we've been looking for that for a while. We haven't had that third attacking threat. Um, yeah. or a consistent one for a while. So like last season, it was we obviously had Bale, but he was sort of in and out of the team for whatever reason. And then you had Lucas, who would play as like a, a right winger or a number 10, but you'd never really back him to have a sustained period of, of goal threat or, uh, or, or, you know, assisting. So yeah, just Kulisevsky's composure on the ball, just when he needs to make those, those final passes has just been, it's just been awesome. Um, and yeah, he's in a really awesome uh, vein of form at the moment. Obviously, scored against Leeds was awesome in that game as well, um, and then got the two assists here. So uh, it's it's looking it's looking like an excellent bit of January business getting him him in for sure. They should have a great chant going for him soon. I know there's a couple of videos going around of. I think they tried to get gimme gimme gimme. Yeah, I think they tried to get one going on Monday, and it was just a little too soon. So I don't think everyone <laughs> kind of knew what they were. Um, you, you need to get it more going in the pubs first. You need yeah. to get it on like the concourses and stuff. Yeah, which I, I guess so. maybe up. May, I wasn't there, but maybe after this game, it was one of those ones where the fans could be a bit jubilant. They could go and sing on the concourse of the South Stand or whatever. Yeah, but, for sure. Yeah. Um, well, talking about Kuliseski, he obviously got the assist for the fourth goal as well, didn't he? But we haven't we yeah. haven't chatted about the third. We Just quickly, yeah, talk about the third. Quickly, we talked about. <laughs> about Matt Doherty his run through the middle which set up his golfing partner Harry Kane <laughs> it's just it. I don't want to be the guy who's like uses one player being good to like shit on another being bad but I just couldn't have imagined Emerson in that, making that kind of run playing that kind of game and I think it's now really important that we have now a really kind of solid idea of what we want from our right wing back and Doherty is fitting into that and obviously it's good that Kane is scoring again and work, you know slowly working his way up the rankings I said Son is the outright um, top scorer among non-Liverpool players Kane is now only one behind Son as well so mm. he's really catching up yeah I'm I'm happy to be the guy that shits on Emerson if you don't want to do that <laughs> 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 no, yeah, fair enough. You I mean, what, what I will say is that you know, if you've had like half a season to to properly establish a team yourself and the team, sorry, 
and um, you've managed to give it away to a guy who we thought would be off in the summer or in January. So, um, but either way, it's 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 awesome that we've got Doherty looking like his his wolf self and seems to be playing with a bit more confidence and has an idea of what to do now. Because I think in you know like last season he was just playing as a normal right back and it didn't really get his uh his or bring his strengths to the fore really. Um, so it's 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 just good that he's he's a proper attacking threat now and obviously it's, it's it's only been a few games so we need to hopefully just see that consistency coming through a bit more um but it's um he plays with Romero on his side as well so he's got that nice little um insurance behind him because if mm-hmm. uh if he gets a little t- too high up then Romero can just do some crazy stuff and hack someone down or something should we quickly touch on that Romero challenge on Rodalison <laughs> where Apps so needless. It was so the ball is running out of play, and he just absolutely clatters him. And you can tell, you know, it is he Romero's properly into that Argentina Brazil rivalry, particularly yeah. after winning the Copa America last summer. And at the end of the game, the picture that Romero used on his Instagram to celebrate the 5 0 win was Richarlison's body just afterwards, and Romero getting booked. It's just like, <laughs> this, is, this, is the, this is the way he loves it. It's just like, ah. I'm pretty I sure like, Romero like got up and was like, he did like the got the yeah, ball, gesture the ball gesture as well. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like bro, you don't need to do the ball gesture. Everyone could see you get the yellow, it's fine. Live with it, own it. Um, <laughs> he did. He also seemed a bit confused when he was brought off early in the second half because he was on that book kid. He was just kind of look around like me. What did I do? Because <laughs> it's like I'm not trusting you to get to not get booked again. Off you come, mate. Yeah. We've got big games coming up. We've got to go to Old Trafford at the weekend. Yeah, that was a good but, move. He didn't need to be on it. It was. Yeah. But yeah, so we go into halftime, 3 0 up, straight for the second half, one change, Regulon on for the injured session. And within a minute, Regulon has scored. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I, I was even wondering if Everton knew, because Regulon had that much space, I was wondering if they even knew if he'd got on the pitch. Yeah. That time. It was, <laughs> he was looking it was... around like, I thought Session was like, what is he? Yeah. Doing? <laughs> 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 who, the, who the hell is this guy? Um, but yeah, it was a, it was another really nicely worked goal, and it was Kudelski's second assist, wasn't it? But yeah. also, it was, a, it was there were about two or three people who could have scored that goal. There were a million like, bodies like, flying everywhere. Yeah. Everton's as well. I think someone tripped. <laughs> I can't remember who tripped. It might have been was it Branthwaite or Van der Beek or Coleman. Someone trips. It just makes yeah. it even funnier. Mm-hmm. And it, and uh, it, and just from there, it's like okay, we can be in cruise control. Like because I think there is still a part of me, particularly after how that Leeds game could have friends in a rally the other week, where it's just like the West Ham game comes to mind from last season, which mm. is Skardasol, no, no more so than Mourinho, who completely changed after that. Um, yeah. But this kind of killed it, because I think, I don't know, did you notice the Everton fans were leaving really, really early? Like there were, huge, there were yeah. huge kind of gaps of seats. Yeah, they left pretty early and honestly didn't hear anything out, out of them in that whole second half. It was quite bleak, really, but... Not even um, the booing. They, they've not, they've really broken them this time. No. And then when the um, you're just a shit Steven Gerrard chant started going as well, um, I don't think that did anything <laughs> to, to improve their mood either. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's, I mean, on a Monday night as well, I do feel for those fans coming down here, yeah, coming down to London, and having to get back at know, God knows what time on a what would have been a Tuesday morning by that time. But um, but from a Spurs point of view, which is what we are, it was it was a great start to the second half, and um, yeah, 
really nice build-up play and another assist for Kulisevsky, who's yeah, and it only got better after that. Yeah, yeah. Um, about so ten minutes later, then, it was, it was about 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 later. the fifth goal. Yeah, yeah, and then ten minutes another McDoherty assist for Kane. Oh, and it was a beautiful one, wasn't it? It was. Um, it was it was like the Hoiberg one in the Leeds game, wasn't it? Like, yeah, it was like a carbon kind of copy. Move. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, lovely little clip over the top. And Kane seems to have that that volley just down to a tee. He can just he's, he mm. just keeps his eye on the ball all the way like over his body onto his left foot and just right into the corner. Like he's he's just an all all round. I, I know we can wax lyrical about Kane until the cows come home or the, the cows tell you what time the next train's gonna come or whatever. Um but yeah, he was he was unbelievably good again. And um, it's remarkable after like, I think he went something like he had one goal in 13 league games to start with. Yeah, and now yeah. he's got like five and four. So he's just hitting hitting form at such a such an important time. Um, and yeah, he was he was just off. the only the only sort of criticism I have is that they were five new up by what the 55th, 60th minute. Yeah. Mm. And it, I mean, being greedy, it would have been nice if they had gone on and <laughs> got seven or eight because it was there for them. <laughs> yeah. But by then, I think they made a few changes, like Sanchez had come up for Romero, and then mm. Bergvine came on later for Son. And I mean, it, it didn't really like Blake break up their fluidity. They just didn't have that same cut and thrust. And we know. had a couple. We had a couple more chances. It mm. just was we're not. We don't have to overly commit to. Yeah. Everton could simulate the rest of this match. They would. Yeah, and Dyer hit the bar, I think, just before the first goal. Yeah, he goal. did, yeah. yeah. Um, so there are a few decent little chances. Um, and I think just quickly on the technique of the Kane goal, um, I, I'm not massive on like the Conte cam, but I did watch it this week for the goals. Mm. And for every goal, like he, you know, every single goal that Spurs score, he goes mad. But for the Kane goal, it's less about that. It's more about he really kind of appreciated the technique and the just the wonder of it. It was almost kind of just like, you could see him and it was like, wow, this guy is really unbelievable. Sort of like, like that Zidane moment where he starts waving his hand going like, Whoa, yeah, what about yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, a bit like that. Yeah, it was like that. So I guess the, the hope is just, do we know if Conte can Kane are going to, knows, um, but at least in the short term, we should have enough to kind of get through to to the end of the season and we have got a massive six pointer coming up next do don't we yes yeah we do manchester united this is manchester united sure <laughs> um this is manchester united football club i mean this is about. manchester manchester united uh, <laughs> last 12 to 18 months of manchester united football club they've been a disgrace <laughs> for a club like manchester united <laughs> You know, this is Manchester United. All right, we've got to stop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's our Manchester United preview. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, what, what do you actually expect? What do you think this game is going to be like? I think it might be a bit chaotic, to be honest, mate. Um, I think the same. Yeah. <laughs> well, great minds. Um, mm. Yeah, it's tough to know really what to expect from United now. I mean... They, they might not have Ronaldo up front. He's still sort of chasing fitness, isn't he? Or he might go to Portugal again, something like that. <laughs> um, I'm fully expecting another weird leak from the Mad United dressing yeah. room because they love yeah. a little leak, don't they? Just, they love ooh, it. We're, we're not sure about Ralph Randnick. Oh, we don't really know what his tactics are doing. We're not impressed by his Bundesliga yeah. CV. It's all yeah, very odd. This is Manchester United Football Club yeah. we're talking about. This, we don't play in the Bundesliga. We're Premier League, yeah. mate. Yeah. 
yeah. Um, yeah, and I, I try to like avoid being like, oh, you know, this is this is Spurs, and they could come up with a way to ruin a game that with form maybe you make them favourites to win. Um, mm. But I guess you just, you just you just never know. But I'm I, I'm feeling more confident than than I would have done in in the past, especially if they've got all these injuries and like Ronaldo and Cavani don't play, they should. Yeah be able to assert themselves in that game. Yeah. And the momentum too, like um, coming into this off, I guess you take away the Borough game, which is hard to, but in the last two league games, we scored... Uh, nine. What, I can't, yeah, nine. I, I was, I'm wondering what, what we won by at Leeds at the end. <laughs> my mind was going, Brian, that's not so, it feels like so long ago. Mm. Um, but yeah, we come into this in really good form in the league. Man United got battered and torn apart by Man City and I, I guess you know it, for a normal team that's fine it's Man City everyone's gonna get torn up by them but because it's them it's their it's their rivalry it's such a huge game in their season and the intense focus that is always around Man United that it's been magnified it's even worse you do wonder like you know what because I think match going Old Trafford fans have like the um, unbelievable patience like they was they stood by Solskjaer right to the end when they were losing 5-0 to Liverpool and all that stuff like they just they, they, they don't really get on their team like that I think the worst they get is like they just chant attack 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 which is the worst chant in history so fair enough um, but I do, I do wonder now because of the these the intensity of the leaks because this is now a game that kind of directly impacts their season ambitions what is it going to be like for them? Like, how are the, how are the players going to react to it? And I think that actually might suit us a bit more because you know there was a stat before um, the Everton game on Monday Night Football where they showed the difference between Spurs when they have a full week to train versus when they have a game in midweek. Yeah, and the difference was just so stark. And we've had, I know we played on Monday, so what we got like five days to train. Mm-hmm. So theoretically, should be should go away. We have all the attacking tools to really pull apart a defensively woeful Man United side. It's just, I guess now it's just a kind of about holding our nerve and not succumbing to, you know, because they, they do, for as bad as they have been, they do still have players that can make goals out of nothing. Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, and yeah, yeah we'll, we'll, we'll see, I suppose. Um, I mean, Spurs don't really have too many injury worries at the moment. It's just, it's Oli Skip and Tanganga, isn't it? And mm. With those, I mean, Tangangle and getting the team now, and Ollie Skip, you'd, you'd like to see back in soon, but um, he doesn't need to be rushed back if Ben Tanker and Holly Bier are doing okay, um, yeah. which they have in the last two league games, to be fair. Um, so, yeah, it's, it is one I'm more looking forward to seeing um, pan out. And Conte sort of alluded, alluded to it after the, after the game, being like, right, this is, I want to start seeing consistency now. Like, now that we've won this game, we have to go to United and we have to perform well. And um, you know, even with United out of form, it's still it's still an ask for Spurs to go and lay their marker down and be like, this is how we're going to play the game. And um, but I'm, I'm more confident of them doing that than I was even like last season when we had the same fixture. And yeah, we won that one six one. Yeah, one of, <laughs> one of my nowhere. favorite days. God. Oh, what a it's, day! Here's a, I, you said it there, like you know, it is. To ask to go away to Man United and win that is still a big ask, but I was just kind of thinking, I was still stuck in this mindset of, yeah, especially for Spurs who never go away to big grounds and win anyway. We've won at Old Trafford in two of the last three seasons, mm. which is probably as good as that record has ever been. Yeah, 
Yeah. I think before what 2012-13, we had like a real yeah, around yeah. Old Trafford, and then they won that. AVB got that win, yeah. AVB got that, and then Tim Sherman got, T- got a <laughs> win. Tim Sherman got a win. just handing out wins now, aren't they? They really were, yeah. Um, so, yeah, you know, Manchester United, are a bit, they're a bit of a shamble at the moment, but it is Manchester United. So we'll have to see what goal threats they've got on the pitch. And like you say, they've got players who can pull, uh, pull moments of quality out of nothing. So we'll see. It should be a, a fascinating game. And, uh, one that we should be looking forward to as well. Yeah. And if we we do, I don't think a draw will do for We need to win because it does feel like Arsenal are threatening to really run away with it because yeah. they've played fewer games out of most of us. And their games are kind of really tough and that includes a game against us, which I think still hasn't been rescheduled. So mm-hmm. whenever that is, that could be like a real momentum swinger. Yeah. And we just, I think now it's just a matter of we are chasing. We just need to keep as close to them as possible. It's not in our hands. It's, do what you need to do. Just hope that everything else falls into place. And yeah. ultimately, if we can't, if we can't catch them, then just avoid the Conference League. Yeah, <laughs> which again, which requires requires us to win because we need to get out of seventh, seventh place. Yes, we are currently in that spot, aren't we? Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, after United, we've got we've got an interesting little run against some decent teams. I mean, we've got Brighton in midweek, we've yeah. got West Ham at home, Newcastle at home, and then Villa away. So it's 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 an interesting little run until what sort of Liverpool in May. I, th- I think that's mm. the next time after United that we play a you know top six team. Mm. So um, it's we're getting into that into that run now where they've got they've got to pick up wins consistently just to stay in touch with with Arsenal when that game is uh, rescheduled. And uh, yeah. I mean, just thinking about that. That North London derby sort of gives me the ick now. It's um, <laughs> it's, 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 it's a, making it's me. I'm less feeling that way now that I've because I've almost, I've almost made peace that Arsenal are going to get top four. I just think that okay. the improvements they've made, combined with how far we've kind of fallen off and the points that we've dropped, I just kind of think it would take an Arsenal collapse more than a, just us being good to really overturn that. So I've kind of made my peace with it. Like, I guess yeah, when it gets rescheduled, be up to it. I do wonder if they've just hit form a little too quickly though. Maybe they're having their sort of peak of the season um, mm. just a little too soon. Um, yeah, I, did, I, I spoke to an Arsenal fan the other day about it and they actually said to me, um, they've not won by more than one goal since Boxing Day at Norwich. So it oh, does wow. feel like like they have been good, but at the same time, it does feel like maybe a little bit wobbling. Maybe they're starting to run out of steam because it did feel like the period between their start of season collapse and the winter that they had kind of figured things out and now it's they feel like they're slowly figuring out again like you know you, you read all this stuff about Arteta behind the scenes he's got the players on side they've got mm-hmm. this young core of really good players it's really annoying to read about when you consider that used to be us <laughs> <laughs> so yeah but just got to keep fighting just got to keep fighting and hoping that we can at least ruin their season at some point <laughs> and that starts on Saturday. We need to beat United. So yeah. Yes, so just quickly to finish, um, prior to PSG throwing away their lead at Real Madrid last night, there was a program on BT Sport reaffirmed. Now we talked to um, Kylian Mbappe and Mauricio Pochettino, and Poch, you know, whenever he gets asked about Spurs, he says the same. He says the same stuff. He loves the club. It's his club. He really has fond memories. He really feels this kind of strong affinity towards his club still obviously doesn't help that he goes ahead and is in charge of a team that blows away a two-goal lead in the Champions League after that. But 
you know, it kind of, you know, got the juices flowing again, didn't it? Especially when there's such uncertainty over Conte, right? Yeah, yeah, it did. Um, it's, it's always going to be there, isn't it? Like, yeah, I felt when, when Conte first joined, it was like, oh, wow, we can finally have something to not think about Potch coming back. And now it's just kind of, <laughs> yeah, the next manager is going to be Potch, isn't it? You just kind of have that feeling. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll see. I mean, like, um, the, some of the comments that Conte comes out with um, are just so... Um, they just contrast so wildly with the with the character that Poch is. So um, you can't help but just sort of want to feel Poch's warm embrace when <laughs> you see Conte's eggs last stuff like I'm gonna storm out and all of that. And uh but yeah, I mean that that PSG team is just I don't, I don't know. I just I just feel like it's beyond saving, even though they've got all these amazing players. It's yeah. just like they choke time and time again. And I mean, how can you like no manager can really compensate for Donnarumma not failing to clear the ball on his line. Could be, be, up until that point, PSG were in total control of that tie. There was yeah. no danger whatsoever. There was no jeopardy. Yeah, and then they Donnarumma does that and they kind of just cave in. Yeah, and the two goals in, it wasn't even in a minute, it was in like 11 seconds. Do you know what it, it really, I guess is the point we'll come on to, but like as, as Spurs fans, we're going to defend and say, you can't call this kind of Spurs because PSG been doing this long before Poch game, yeah. you know, I think he's like, I think this is the fourth or fifth successor manager that they've blown two goal Champions League leads against. It's just like, this is an institutional problem. This isn't just about the manager, but I did. But when people said that moment was Spursy, and it was just kind of like the thing that reminded me was when we went to Leicester the other month and scored two goals mm-hmm. in the 95th minute. It's just like, go yeah. on, give us some, us some slack. How are we getting the shots here? P- yeah. PSG are more Spursy than Spurs right now, I think. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. And Poch in the Champions League was was decent. So sort of when he when he found his feet, I mean, first season, yeah, out in, yeah. out in the group stage. Second season got done by Juventus, which is sort of like I mean, they were in a position to win that tie, but at the same time, you added Juve at the peak of their powers and Allegri at the peak of his powers. So it's sort of like okay, we got done there. Fair play, a little bit inexperienced. And then the season afterwards, they literally came from like three 0 down on aggregate. With one half to play and reach the Champions League final, so yeah, you know, yeah, against Ten Hag, who's suddenly like everyone's dream manager. So let's just put that into perspective a little uh, bit. As well. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna say that like, I think I believe the latest from us at ninety minutes is that Poch and Ten Hag are the two front runners for the United job. It yeah. does now feel like the momentum was with Ten Hag though, because he had a lot of admirers, particularly Ralph Ranić. So you know, if Poch's stock is falling, you know. We're there to buy the dip. <laughs> yeah, we'll yeah, short we'll fall that stocks. stock for sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll happily do that, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, in the meantime, we've got a, got a little season to finish off and yeah. hopefully they can... Who knows what could happen. Yeah, exactly. As 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 every manager says, you know, anything is possible in football. <laughs> That's why we love the football, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. Okay, I think, I think I'll do it there, Jude. I think... Nice little jobby. Very good jobby. We got we got a podcast out this week. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think people do come kind of go to our Twitter account and they kind of like they ask like where the pod is. I think the thing is we 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 try we we do like doing this pod. We really love. I love sitting down with you, Jude, and all the boys, and we do love recording. I think this is the second pod in which we it's just us too. I think the thing is like everyone's just so busy and manic. Like sometimes it's hard to. To, yeah, to get five people it. together but, is tough. But, th- but this is, we do love doing this. We're going to try and keep doing it and 
for the season and beyond. So we're not going anywhere. We're just gonna we're just trying to do as much as we can. But yeah. thank you for your patience. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> thanks for listening. Um be sure to subscribe on all channels. I think this will be the first one that goes out on our YouTube channel. I think. Oh yeah. Uh, I didn't do my hair on my makeup. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, no! No filter, Jude. No filter. No filter. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Um, if you haven't subscribed, please do. Um, if you haven't left a rating, please do. It means a lot to us. And we'll see you next time. Come on, you Spurs. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done.